0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Total Basis Podcast. I am your host, Felipe Melicio, and with me, as always, is Sean Flannery. Sean, how are you feeling over there?
1: I'm doing awesome, man. Absolutely great.
0: So you guys can't see it, but Sean is coughing up a lung over there. He's not at 100%, but you
1: know what it is, Half a, Sean? Half a lung. Half a lung. Half a lung?
0: Oh, that's not good. <laughs> but you know what it is, Sean. Um, usually, you uh, you know what you're made out of when you go out there, it's your turn to pitch. And you don't have your good stuff. How are you going to react with your bad stuff? So we're going to find out today as uh, Sean is going to be with us for the next hour or so. So we'll see how long (laughs) he'll last. But you know what? You're in luck, Sean, because today we're going to be talking about relief pitching. Relief. Relievers. So uh, that's the one thing we didn't get to on Thursday. We're going to get to it right now. So uh, where did you want to start? Uh, And I I guess I should point out that on Thursday, we left off with Julian Merriweather leading all relievers on war, Fangraph's war. And then this morning, Sunday morning, right here on the Baseball Live Facebook group for the recording of the Total Basis podcast show, Craig Kimbrell now leads all relievers in war. Did you see that coming, Sean, after one week?
1: Uh, I mean, he, we looked at it briefly, I, I believe, before the season started. And we talked about his last few appearances, like, In 2020, and he went, like, I think it was nine, six, or seven outings, something like that, where he looked like the Craig Kimbrell of old. Yeah. And uh, so far this year, he looks like the Craig Kimbrell of old, four and two-thirds innings, has uh, nine strikeouts, uh, no walks, which I think is the biggest thing to to mention with him, was because it just looked like his command was gone. Also, he hasn't given up a hit. Um, So he's thrown 4.2 perfect innings. It has two saves already, so that's a a pretty good combo there.
0: Yeah, it's a step in the right direction, especially for a Cubs team that really uh, could use some relief pitching help uh, for the last three or four years, it seems like. So Craig Kimbrell at age 33 is finally living up. Damn, he's 33 years old?
1: Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. I I thought he was maybe thirty, even 34, somewhere in that range.
0: All right, uh, th- that's weird. I mean, he, I mean, he looks like he's like at the end of his. Well, there are times where he looks like he's at the end of his, uh, of his road. And yeah, he'll be thirty three in May, May twenty eighth. So, holy crap! It seems like he's been in the league forever, but no, it's only since twenty ten. This is his eleventh season. Well, not really, because he did take a year off. It seemed like, or was he signed late? Something like that. But regardless, he looks like he's older than that. But hey, if he he's averaging ninety six point six miles per hour, so you know, maybe he has found a he has found something. To...
1: Melvin does make a good point down here in the comment section that it has mainly come against the Pirates.
0: <laughs> you mean the Pirates that keep beating our ass? The, I mean, the <laughs> Cubs ass? So I don't know, man. The pirates uh they look bad on paper and then they face the Cubs and they look superhuman. I don't know. Uh he is asking a quick question. Pull the trigger on Tommy Fam. Yes or no? I don't think so, right, Sean.
1: I mean, I think he's gonna be towards top of that lineup with uh Tatis out, even though they said Tatis might be coming back. Um do you want him back? He, yeah, yeah. Uh fam has uh I don't think you should drop him, and if you're talking about adding him, then I'm not sure if you would immediately start him. It just depends on the rest of your lineup, though.
0: All righty. Let's uh, – what What else did we need to talk about? Uh, well, you know what? Someone did ask me about the St. Louis Cardinals situation. It looks like um, – what's his face? Alex Reyes is going to be the guy, but I see Giovanni Gallegos is third in Fangraph's war among relief pitchers as well. And then they still got Jordan Hicks. He of the 100 mile per hour fastball. What do you make of the St. Louis Cardinals relief core?
1: I mean, right now with St. Louis, it's their entire plan for Alex Reyes is to eventually start again. But uh, John Zoliak uh, said before the season, Reyes will be employed strictly as a reliever. But they hope to get him close to 100 innings which makes me think that as the season goes on, they might use him more as a bridge man, fireman role, like, you know, Andrew Miller, Seth Lugo type. But so far this year, he's been given the majority of the same opportunities. He already has three saves. Uh, the only people three saves are more in baseball right now are Mark Melanson, in San Diego, Jake McGee in San Francisco, and Alex Reyes at three in St. Louis. So right now he is the guy to, you know, get if he's somehow still available i had somebody offer i already had alex reyes on my team and he offered me jordan hicks for nick madrigal and he's like oh you want to go ahead and lock up all the st louis saves uh he says because you know they're probably going to move alex reyes out of the saves role and i was like well then offer me that trade then (laughs) because i'm not i'm not accepting it now like i already have the st louis saves i don't need the st louis holds Uh, this is just a saves leak so right uh and speaking of
0: holds, I'm seeing that Genesis Cabrera has two holds in the last week or this this week since Monday. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos is up there to, as well. So um, no, that's uh, that's looking like a really good bullpen in St. Louis. It's just uh, I don't trust it as much. But if Alex Reyes is going to be uh, definitely the definitively the the ninth inning guy, then let's go with it. Um, Julian Merriweather, I dropped him in my points league. I don't know if that's going to bite me in the ass or not, but I went and, and picked up Nate Elvaldi after our show on Thursday just because he's
1: oh.
0: going be, to be doing two starts next week. So I might as well go with it and see what happens. But am I going to regret dropping Julian Merriweather here, Sean?
1: Uh, Possibly. I I think he is the best pitcher in that bullpen. I mean, mm-hmm. if you just look at his stuff, he's throwing 100 mile an hour fastballs with 82-mile-an-hour yeah. change-ups, and he just seems to have very good command of both yeah. of those pitches right now. So I, I would lean towards uh, having kept him, but that's also because I spent 250 fab on him in the TGFBI league. So. so you're just trying to justify that. Now, Yeah, I'm looking at the
0: Blue Jays uh, clo- uh, relief situation over at Roster Resource. Holy crap, this is the complete opposite of what the Cardinals were giving, where at the very least, you had some guys giving you holds and even some cheap wins. Uh, I'm looking at the Blue Jays. It's all blank. It just shows the number of pitches and that's it. And Ryan Baruki going to the I.L. Uh, The last time the Blue Jays uh, bullpen got a save was Saturday uh, with Tommy Malone. And he's supposed to be the long relief guy. Tommy Malone got a save. Yeah. uh, uh, After throwing 42 pitches, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) It it was probably one of
1: those. It was probably a, a three inning save. Well, I, I would bet with 42 pitches. I
0: know they had a blowout recently. Uh, it might may, may have been might have been yesterday against the Angels. So, but I'm looking at it. It's all blank. It just shows a number of pitches. There's nobody who's won anything uh, in terms of win, cheap wins that relief that relievers can get once in a while. No holds, no saves. This is a useless bullpen, uh, Sean. And they still got three guys listed uh, to be the closer in Jordan Romano and Rafael DeLees. But you're right, Merryweather has. I mean, we are seeing on the leaderboard here. Merryweather has been the best of the best so far. And for whatever reason, he's he's not getting, I mean he hasn't pitched since Thursday. So. Yeah. Uh
1: Lucas Kelly over at uh rotographs, the the fantasy side of Fangraphs, he recently put out a piece just earlier this morning yeah. about uh bullpen uh reporting and he has an entire list down at the bottom of where it shows all 30 teams and like the, the back end of the bullpen guys and right now he just has Merriweather, Romano, and Dolis, you know, just bracketed in as a committee. Um, And just from the little bit of the Blue Jays that I've seen so far this year is it appears that Romano is being used as the um, we're in trouble. We're about to face the middle of the lineup, get him in the game. Uh, So maybe that is something that takes him out of some of the save opportunities just because the likelihood he gets used earlier in games is higher. And then if I have to pick between Julian Merriweather, or Rafael Dolis like come on you know who I'm picking there
0: <laughs> uh, also Romano hasn't pitched since Thursday Dolis hasn't pitched since Thursday so uh, I, I like I said I know both the Angels games has have, have been blowouts but it, it if you're a fantasy owner and you got Merriweather or even Romano it's pretty damn frustrating that you're kind of just waiting around
1: patience patience young grass
0: oh man not if you're in a points league like I am I need I need I need I need uh, the results right now. So I, I, so my, so besides Edwin Diaz, who uh, also, uh, I, didn't, I don't think it, it did he look hasn't like had
1: he... a save opportunity yet. He came in and pitched on Thursday in a down down by one run, and he looked okay. And then he came in on Saturday down by one run, and he gave up a double to Marte, a broken yeah. bat hit to Jesus Aguilar. Uh, didn't record any strikeouts, walked a batter. So he had two hits, one walk, uh, one earned run. And then
0: bottom line, Sean, he got me negative three points yeah, on that. Yeah, it was, it was going to be a I, negative
1: point outing. I am so mad. And then Jacob but DeGrom you, didn't get the
0: win anyway. So You, that,
1: that, you know what was the happy. highlight of that day? And uh, okay. shout out to Alex Chamberlain for retweeting this for me because, you know, he's absolutely awesome. He's got a huge following of his own. But uh, it was uh, against the Marlins. Uh, Anthony Bass, after he struggled in Thursday's home opener for the Mets, Uh um, Don Mattingly, after the game, said, you know, hey, Anthony Bass is still our closer. And he came pretty close to saying it. (laughs) But then Saturday (laughs) uh, afternoon, when he was talking to the press, Uh he was very ho-hum that Uh uh, Anthony Bass is just going to be used where we need him. And lo and behold, who warmed up for the save in the ninth inning for the Miami Marlins? Was it my guy, Yimmy Garcia? Yimmy Garcia! (laughs) Damn right.
0: About damn time. And so
1: I went on Twitter and I put out the red alert on Yimmy Garcia warming up in the bullpen. And uh, I was like, we've only been waiting since the beginning of uh, 2020 pre-pandemic when he signed that contract. And I saw several people on Twitter say, oh, you know, I'm not investing in Yimmy Garcia. His... His floor is like they just weren't excited about it. And I guess when you go back and you look at some of his prior seasons, he has been really bad before, uh-huh. but he's also been his skill set is one that does scare you a little bit as a closer since he has been homer prone in his career. Okay. But the expected batting average over the last three years I mean, he's had three years where he's had an XBA under 200, uh, the strikeouts are up. Uh, there's a lot of white noise in his numbers this year uh, since he's only had like 12 batted balls and less than 100 pitches thrown. But uh, I just I think he's really good and he looked good against the Mets uh, in both appearances, both on Thursday when he got a hold and on Saturday when he got a save. So Jimmy Garcia, I believe, is the closer now in Miami, which is fun to say. We've been
0: clamoring for it all off season long and it's fine. And it sounds like it's finally going to happen. So good for them. I know that uh, there's a Anthony Bass is uh, well, just out of curiosity, where is Anthony Bass in this whole thing, but regardless, Yemi Garcia, uh, that's the guy we've been going with this whole time. And if you uh, invested in Yemi Garcia because of our suggestions, then good for you. It your, your, looks like your your patience is going to finally pay off here. Uh, by the way, 25% ownership rate for Yimmy Garcia. Yeah, and he
1: links. was great. when I went and looked in uh, NFBC, he was actually uh, owned in almost 90% of leagues. And I was like, well, NFBC, I I, I don't want to say people are a little bit smarter over there. But
0: no, but that, that's, that's what it is. And yeah, CBS, it's like a, uh, l- you know, a
1: little bit more uh, pros. <laughs> the, yeah, the people that are putting like 15 grand on a league.
0: <laughs> And CBS is is you know it's uh, one thing about CBS. At least it's not ESPN or Yahoo, where where I I believe (laughs) Carlos Santana sells
1: catcher uh, eligibility.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that too. So it's kind of like the Wild Wild West over there. But CBS, you have to pay to use their website. So Anthony Bass is at thirty eight percent. So nobody believes in the Marlins' uh, uh, closing situation because it's it's not a, a high ownership rate. But hey, if you need a closer. There's a really good chance that Yimi Garcia is available, and it looks like he's going to get all the save opportunities he can handle, so go out and get him if you haven't already. Uh, So where do we move from here then, Sean? Uh,
1: Well, I I had just sent to you in the chat two teams, but before we get to those two teams, I see Corey Richmond saying, good morning, guys, and I would be remiss if we talked bullpens and we did not talk about the Cleveland Indians, which is making (laughs) me pull my hair out. Oh, my goodness. Right now they have – Klasse has the most saves out of the two. Um, He has two, I think. But uh, there's also Nick Whitgren and James Karinchak. Obviously, Karinchak blew up onto the scene in 2020, posting outrageously high strikeout numbers, but somewhat scary walk numbers. Nick Nick Whitgren is just one of those boring pitchers that Cleveland's developed. They sprinkle a little dust, and he just gets better and better and better and better. Uh, but he has actually looked um, not good uh, to the Ooh. start of the 2021 season. Uh, has only appeared in two games. Uh, he picked up a save in one of them and looked really bad in the other. So pick your poison here. Uh, but right now, it's looking like Emmanuel Clase is the closer in Cleveland. The man of the hundred mile an hour cutter seems to have locked down the job early in spring. And as someone who drafted Karen Jack in the top 100 multiple times, I'm feeling like a dummy. <laughs> but granted in a lot of those leagues where I drafted Karen Jack in the top 100, I also drafted a outside of the top 300 as a sort of handcuff. And so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm feeling pretty good about that as well.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, those are basically if you pitch for the Indians, you were getting high marks from us. The only bad thing that we can't, uh, what do you call it? Uh, predict for is how like you, I think you curse his name on Thursday, but it's the way Francona Tino uh, Tito Francona uses that bullpen. And sure enough.
1: And it, I mean, it, for all we know, it might, that might be a directive coming down from the front office of, you know, these guys are, they don't want them in their first year of arbitration to cost $5 million because they had a 30 save season somewhere in the year yeah. or two prior. And so yeah. they might just get Nick, Nick, what saves. Ho- hopefully he rounds back into form. And then they trade them and then they only have like a half season to get like maybe 20 saves. It's but, a uh,
0: real screwy way of to manage baseball. And it's just a shame because you know, you got, you Cleveland can win. Like we, we talked about how don't give up on Cleveland yet. I mean, until they start trading away pieces, but they have, I mean, as long as Frank is managing and they have the, this factory, of the, the
1: offense looks really bad, but it's one of those, they match up relatively well. And exactly. I don't even, I don't I don't even think they've hit like their their best thing, because right now that team is designed, I believe, to hit lefties. You know, a lot of their good bench pieces are lefties. Uh, Ahmed Rosario, one of the pieces they got back for Lindor, uh, much better against lefties. Um, it's just I believe they need help. They need to trade for help. And I'm not sure they're, if they're they're not going they can, to they They can
0: no, not that they can't they're, not, they're they're not willing to do it they're not going to do it and it's a shame because like you meant we mentioned all the pitchers you just we just talked about and it, they're just going to waste it's a, it's a it's a real tragedy going on in Cleveland unfortunately yeah so, three
1: three games in for class a three perfect innings no hits no walks uh five like strikeouts and all the rest have just been absolutely weak contact on the ground as you would expect from a cutter averaging 99 and a half miles an hour. Shoot. He was throwing hundred one the other day. Shoot, man. I mean, right he, here. he's an absolute monster.
0: Uh, Let's see here. Uh, You wanted to talk about the Dodgers and we got Corey Kniebel f- uh, just shooting up the, I, I
1: was say, did we have Corey Kniebel having more saves than Kenley Jansen through a, a week plus? What I know we, I didn't. What we
0: did say was, Kenley Jansen looks like he's at the end of his uh tenure in Los Angeles, but they're going to keep throwing him out there in the ninth inning because he's Kenley Jansen, and then boom, we get Corey Knievel instead. And who's looked absolutely fantastic, uh, from what I've been reading. Yep. Corey Knievel, here we go. Uh,
1: six strikeout per walk ratio, he has a 54.5 percent strikeout rate. Yeah, he's throwing the curveball <laughs> more than ever. It's absolutely because he's always had that great knuckle curve, yeah. Uh, yeah he yeah. and he's just I believe he only got through one of his last outings. I think he threw like eight curveballs and three fastballs. It was absolutely wild.
0: 96.5 on his four-seam fastball on average. He has a 19.5 swinging strike rate. I mean, it's, he's he looks great, man. He looks fantastic so far. And if you're the Dodgers, is that, was that the way you want to go with now? Or do you have a – is there some sort of uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? Some favoritism towards Kenley Jansen because he's Kenley Jansen.
1: I mean, as we just, you know, have seen, you know, Kenley Jansen has the one save. He has the blown save. Uh, Corey Canable is two for two. Uh, Blake Trinan is just kind of in this limbo of they don't know where they want to pitch him. Yeah. So right now I believe everyone's going to run after Canable to get the, those Dodger saves. Oh, but it's one of those it's I feel like it's still too early to call. Um
0: well, here's how it looks right now. Kenley Jansen has not pitched since Wednesday, and it, I don't know what that was, but he threw 22 pitches. On Tuesday, he threw 18 pitches. We haven't seen him since. What we have seen has been a heavy dose of uh, Blake Trinan, Corey Knievel, Victor Gonzalez, Jimmy Nelson. They have Jimmy Nelson, too? They just have yes, all the they Brewers. Have Jimmy Nelson. <laughs> all the Brewers players are on this team now. Uh, Scott Alexander on Saturday, Dennis Santana. I mean, that's a, I mean we talked about it on the offseason. That's a deep-ass team right there uh and uh who needs kenley jansen right at this point so yeah. uh it's which sucks because he was drafted i mean he was like a top five top six reliever still closer because of the safe situation because i we mean in, in the baseball
1: life league I, I drafted him and uh Kimberl and diaz yeah, well, what's what wrong with you I, 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 hey it's kind of working out for me so far with mainly because oh, of yeah, uh kimbrell yeah. but uh yeah. and then the uh, last team that that really has a interesting bullpen development and that's partially due to injury is the Oakland A's where they lose Trevor Rosenthal uh, he just had his part of his rib removed for as the alleviation of symptoms of, of thoracic outlet hmm. which leaves a really weird motley crew the most A's looking closer by committee I think I've seen in quite some time with yeah. uh, Lou Trevino Jake Diekman, and Sergio Romo uh-huh. and Lou Trevino is a guy who I really liked. Uh, Coming out of the 18 season, he was great backing up for Blake Trinan that year in the eighth inning. Uh, He throws extremely hard, but the control kind of left him in 2019. And he came, he had an ERA over five in 2019. So it was really a down year in 2020. The walks came back down. The strikeouts actually went up. ERA was back in the mid threes. And so, so far to start off this year, he's appeared in five games for six and two thirds innings strikeouts per nine, almost at 11 walks per nine, right around four and a 1.3 ERA. He's a high ground ball guy. Uh, I think he of all people has the best chance to run over this job. Uh, and that's how Lucas Kelly has it set up on his uh, little spreadsheet. Uh, Jake Diekman and Sergio Roma are also guys that uh, based on matchups and I, <laughs> I really I I can't give up on Sergio Romo, Uh, especially in a ballpark (laughs) like Oakland, where he throws nothing but sliders, gets all these fly balls. There's a lot of room in that ballpark for fly balls to get caught. Um, But Jake Diekman probably has the best overall stuff, Mm -hmm. but he's a lefty not named Roldis Chapman. So he will not get the majority of the saves, I do not think. Uh, But I think he is that group is going to be interesting to watch. Uh, Romo might get you a weird amount of saves, just like he did last year. I think he had like four or five saves last year and nobody even realized it when he was in Minnesota. Nobody cared. Yeah, nobody cared. Sergio Mm -hmm. Romo just out here throwing Frisbees and we're all (laughs) living our best lives.
0: Uh, Lou Trevino, uh, previous week, according to CBS Sports, 1% ownership rate this, oh, he that, gone, that's
1: it's got to be so much higher. He's got to be a guy that no, you well, get. Right
0: now, it's gone up to 19 percent. So, he is among, with that being said, he is among one of the most uh, uh added, players added players in the yeah. league right now, uh, with an 18 percent change there. Uh, as far as the bullpen situation goes, you mentioned a little bit, but just to give you a, uh, another way of looking at things, so far, roster Resource has Lou Trevino, Jake Diekman, and Sergio Romo as closer by committee. Uh, and not a single Oakland A's pitcher has gotten a save opportunity this week at all. Yeah, uh, one that's also because from-
1: they're not very good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, That's another problem, right? I mean, even bad teams need closers, but damn. I mean, the last time uh, anybody, a reliever, got anything was a hold, was Lou Trevino on Friday, and then Yuzmira Petit just does Yuzmira Petit things and gets two cheap wins on Friday and Wednesday. It's so- like Connor
1: Brogdon. He had three wins <laughs> through like five games. You know, the legend that he is. All right, well, that's
0: the Oakland A situation. Let's I just want to quickly point out some guys who are on the top of the uh fangraphs leaderboard. There's Jake McGee, who we both liked uh in the offseason, and it looks like he is the undisputed. So we talked about he's uh who did we talk about uh, Jake Diekman not being a chapman? Well, Jake Jake McGee is the Aroldis Chapman of the National League along yeah, with Will Smith. It, it
1: is a little interesting because in uh San Francisco, uh, uh, Jake McGee has been their guy so far. But, uh, Wendy Peralta, a name that I have not oh heard my in God. a large blue moon, uh, Wendy Peralta picked up a save. And I think it was because Jake McGee had pitched back to back days, uh, something to that effect. Okay. But Wendy Peralta looked good. The velocity was up and I was like, oh, what is this? These butterflies that are inside of me, but you know, Jake McGee being the lefty, is not his last name is not Chapman. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's going to be our thing, so- but, um, Yeah, Jake Jake McGee and then another lefty, uh, Will Smith. And I I think I heard you say him right before.
0: Yeah, I did mention him.
1: And now with Chris Martin uh, on the IL, that leaves the three best pitchers in Atlanta's bullpen are all lefties. Will Smith, lefty. A.J. Minters, a lefty. Tyler Matzek, who might be the best one out of all three, Uh is a lefty. (laughs) So... Goodness gracious. It's going to be interesting, but Will Smith does have the majority of those saves right now. Matzik has been the setup guy. Uh, That's the role he thrived in last year in 2020 and nobody talked about him, but he was really good. Um, But yeah, that's a interesting uh, lefty closer situations to keep an eye on. So we
0: went from Oakland A's to the San Francisco giants across the bay. Just wanted to point out, you mentioned Jake McGee got the 25 pitch save on Monday and then he took a rest on Tuesday, Wandi Peralta got the save on Wednesday. That's uh, what it was. But and he uh, and that was the second of a back-to-back right there for him. But uh, McGee has just been getting oh and by the oh, sorry, by the way, Peralta got the save for Jake McGee who got the win. So McGee when he's not saving he's winning. All he does is save <laughs> and win. Uh the holds are Tyler Rogers and Reyes Moranta. Moranta was a guy we mentioned uh uh, uh, uh in the off season as well. And Tyler Rogers, we always, he's a, f- a favorite of our show because he's a submarine thrower. And, oh, and he's, a he's also
1: in uh, uh, Lucas, uh, Lucas uh, I can't even remember his name, uh, but he is a likely candidate for a save chance today. Or no, that's the, that's the other Rogers. Uh, uh, Tyler Rogers, which Taylor I Rogers is a likely uh, candidate for a save today. Colum has thrown 20 pitches like the last two days. Um, and Tyler Rogers and Reyes Morones are likely candidates for a save today if Jake McGee is not available since he's thrown uh back to back in three of the last four.
0: And I was gonna I was going to mention that too. You 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 took the words right out of my mouth. Tyler <laughs> Rogers, uh, who is the brother of Taylor Rogers, who might get some saves. Um hey, listen, I'm happy with Taylor Rogers, though. He's on my team and he's he's ca-
1: killing ratios right now. He he's hasn't got to save. For me. I, I don't I think he has it. one save or one hold, but I, I don't matter. think he's allowed to hit. He's getting a lot of strikeouts. You gotta love it
0: doesn't matter screw you
1: alex Calame.
0: <laughs> I am so happy with taylor rogers right now i don't care that he doesn't get any saves or well he got the uh l last night but it was it probably wasn't his fault probably somebody else's fault. <laughs> it
1: wasn't his fault
0: it wasn't his fault damn it it was tyler duffy or alex Calame. uh but anyway let's uh move on to what let's see Ian well, Kennedy. On, i wanted to talk there, to there you about is ian there
1: kennedy. is one last team the one oh, last uh, committee
0: you want to talk about that or you want to talk about ian kennedy first
1: who the hell wants to talk about Ian Kennedy? Well,
0: apparently he has all the save opportunities he can handle. He has two saves. It looks like he's the undisputed. Where, where is he in Texas? He's with the Rangers. Okay, man. yeah. We talked about you see, it. I still uh, thought
1: Matt Bush would, uh, not Matt Bushnell, friend of the show, but Matt Bush. I, I thought Matt Bush would run away with that job.
0: No, no. Ian Kennedy throwing 94.9 miles an hour with the exit velocity of 101 miles an hour <laughs> against. Uh, yeah
1: I, I want none of ian kennedy but i will take <laughs> two of the uh guys in arizona uh i recently in my 30 team dropped stefan Crichton. he's picked up almost all of their holds but none of their saves uh kevin ginkel who we've all seen before yeah. has absolutely great stuff i mean he, he's got the closers repertoire but his command just often leaves him and that's in 2020, uh, he ended up having an ERA over six. Meanwhile, in 2019, we thought he was the next big thing in Arizona. He had an ERA at one and under one and a half through 25 games. Uh, and he's looking better this year. Once again, sinker baller, keeps the ball on the ground, uh, throws it hard, good breaking ball. Uh, but with Joaquin Soria on the injured list, uh, it's either going to be Kevin Ginkle or Stefan Crichton. I believe there's one name back there that I'm forgetting about that's going to irk me if I don't look. Uh, Taylor Clark. Taylor Clark is the guy they have third up, but it's uh, he is not the one. Joan Lopez. Yoan Lopez. Oh, uh, that's the Cuban import. Uh, he th- has such great stuff, and he's just always back and forth on whether he's actually good or not. But uh, those are the guys that I would keep an eye on back there.
0: I thought Schwarzak sounded familiar though. He used to play
1: for the Mets. Yeah, Anthony Schwarzak, he had that really good year with the Brewers. The Mets gave him a two year deal and and he did nothing. But um, I had high hopes for him. This is all because Chris Davinsky was randomly placed on the restricted list. Uh, They said it's not COVID related. I, I don't know exactly if there's been any updates on what happened but he was placed on the restricted list earlier this week. I might
0: have an answer for you, Sean, if, if, uh, if I may here. So, and then of course, I,
1: Soria and Clippert are hurt. So that's,
0: well, that, that'll help. Yeah. But, uh, uh, but anyway, here's the thing. All right. So we looked at the, I, I looked at the top 30 uh, relief for pitchers. Now I flipped it in reverse and now here's the bottom of the list. Like we kind of, we did with the starting pitchers and the uh, hitters on Thursday Listen to this list, man. It's like a who's who of the total basis podcast, uh, darlings. Here, the worst pitcher with the worst war, according to Fangraphs, with uh, well, him and Chris Davensky, who's at the bottom of at the very bottom of this list with negative 0. 0.4, is Amir Garrett.
1: Yeah, Amir Garrett was he is uh, one of those only guys with two or more saves, but he has a 15 ERA.
0: Him
1: 16? and uh, yeah, Ross has a. Another guy with two saves, and he has like a seven and a half ERA. So it, it's one of those like, did you get saves this week? Yes. How much did it cost? Everything. Everything. That's,
0: gonna, that's <laughs> gonna be. I feel like this is gonna be a running theme for season two of this show. Sixteen point seven strikeout rate from Amir Garrett so far. Are you panicking if you are on Amir Garrett owner?
1: Uh, I. You see, I was, and then I traded him to Jacob in our thirty team. But he was <laughs> so freaking good in spring training. He was just overpowered. I mean, it's just practice. And then he comes out here and he gives up a couple of walks and he gives up a a dinger or two. Um, But right now it appears that Cincinnati is going to let him run with it. Although Lucas Sims is, I mean, right on his heels. And as much as it pains me to say it, Sean Doolittle looks like he's somewhat back. Uh, The Velo, which he could barely get into the nineties, the last two years is suddenly sitting 94, 95 again. Um, so if Amir Garrett stumbles, he is on a team that could easily replace him. And there's even more than just those two guys and Sims and Garrett. They have TJ Antone. Yeah. You take the words right out of my mouth, but, um, yeah, so I wouldn't be too worried about it. I think over the last few years, Lucas or Lucas Amir (laughs) Garrett has been better than all of these guys. So they're going to give him some run. Uh, and plus if, he just has like that attitude of being a closer. Like, I'm yeah. here, I'm gonna shut you guys out, and you're going home.
0: Like, and if, if any of those guys fails, there's always Carson Fulmer, the former White Sox, uh, failed prospect there. Uh, really, he's quick. actually looked
1: pretty good, surprisingly.
0: Yeah, well, of course he does because he's not with the White Sox anymore. Uh, so we talked about uh, Amir right? Giray, Chris Davensky. Uh, one of the worst relievers which sucks because for a while he was one of the best uh over in Houston. most most
1: underrated relievers too, very man.
0: underrated and just it's a shame i don't know what's going on with him anthony bass who we just mentioned and there's your guy matt bush who's at the very bottom of this list uh drew rasmussen as well which really sucks as i remember we talked about him glowingly and now he um hey 30.8 strikeout rate, yeah, the, so.
1: the strikeout rate is promising he's given up a couple of home runs that have you know allowed basically all the runs to score um I, I'm not giving up on Rasmussen yet. I don't uh, think I'm not. I'm not doing it.
0: And as predicted, Greg Holland sucks. Uh, and not, wow, he shocker! <laughs> he doesn't even have any saves. That's what's the point of having him on the team if he's not getting you any saves? I don't get I, it. I'm trying
1: to think who's picked up the saves in Kansas City if there have been any. Oh, um, good question. Uh, let's I don't find even out. know. Uh, somebody picked up a save on Monday. Jesse Hahn. That's boring. Oh, Jesse Hahn.
0: Look at Scott that. Scott
1: Barlow picked up a hold. Uh, yeah, we talked about him. Um, just can we just make Josh Stalmont the closer, please? We we've been
0: patiently waiting.
1: Uh I mean, well my patience is thinning.
0: <laughs> no, you you have to be with the Royals, they don't know what the hell they're doing, and they, they have to justify Greg Holland. And Greg Holland has a pitch since Wednesday. And where where's Josh Stalin? Josh Stalin, yeah. What the oh okay, I mean, so they have Greg like,
1: Holland and Wade Davis, you know, they're trying to bring back the yesteryear's boys. So and Fangraphs uh,
0: has uh, fizzled out on me. I guess they haven't updated all their guys from Friday and Saturday because it looks like nobody pitched for the Royals on Friday and Saturday. So, well, sucks. they did
1: have a, a game postponed Saturday, and I'm not sure if they played Friday.
0: Oh yeah, right, the White Sox game, right? Yeah, is that, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: They were supposed to play the White Sox. The right. guy postponed.
0: That would explain it. Thank you for that. Uh, but yeah, they Wade Davis is on the team, so. They like to think that they have options, and they're holding our guy Josh Stalman back. Um, and then just quickly going to the, through this list: Tanner Rainey, which is that's shocking that he's off to his little, slow start. Uh, Sean Arthur. I think that's
1: only one or two appearances, and he he had a yeah, late right, start. Right. He had a late start in spring training. He had a collarbone thing. Um, I'm I'm not terribly worried. Uh, if anything, that just gives Brad Hand more opportunities to suck in the closer. Oh man, goal.
0: it's Tanner Rainey. I expect him to just go out there running with that blazing fastball, well, which it is, but it's not shutting down. Well, it didn't shut anybody out. Uh, Sean Armstrong, who I thought could be a thing. I guess not. Uh, Devin Williams at the bottom of the list. Is it panic
1: time in Milwaukee if Devin Williams is at the bottom of the list, Sean? He's given up more runs this year than he did in all of last season. What uh, No, hell? I w- I, w- I wouldn't be too worried. Uh, he's still got some of the best stuff I think I've ever seen in a relief pitcher uh once Josh Hader gets traded then Devin Williams is going to be a closer and then he's going to be awesome and then we're all going to forget that we even had this conversation
0: Liam uh Andrew Miller but he's old so he's said that makes sense that he's at the bottom uh but, but, but Tyler no not Tyler Rogers I don't want to talk about him uh it was Liam <laughs> Hendricks Liam Hendricks who's off to a very slow start so much for that uh for the White Sox and there's your guy Jesse Hahn, who's at the bottom of this list and oh, our hey, he ain't my guy <laughs> Well, we just mentioned him, so. Uh, and the last person I wanted to mention, Enoli Paredes, uh, who's somebody we talk about all the time here. Three games in, has a 50% walk rate against a 16.7% strikeout rate. Still has that blazing fastball, 95 and four, 95.4 mile per hour. But uh, no, this is not what we expected from Enoli Paredes, even though he is a young, unproven guy. Yeah. So that's disappointing. All right, anything else about relievers that you wanted to mention I today? I think that's just about it. All right. Where do we go from here? Two starts. Two starts. Oh, I actually have a list for you. There Um, you go.
1: Thank you so much. I was going to work on finding a list, but if you have a list, that's even better. So this list
0: is, uh, I I just quickly went on CVS Sports uh, with my fantasy league uh, that I have there. And I just started looking, okay, so who's 75%, who has a 75% or lower ownership rate, which is pretty high, but there's a little bit of a window there for those who are looking desperately for a, a two-star pitcher this upcoming week. So I, I went up to as high as 78% just to put in Nathan Navaldi in there. And here's what the list is. Uh, is the top 25 two-star pitchers who are 78% or, or lower available at cvssports.com. And I have it sorted by wins above replacement, according to Fangraphs. And at the very top of this leaderboard for these two-star pitchers is Justice Sheffield. What do you think about that, Sean? Justice Sheffield are your number one priority, according to War here. And who
1: are his two matchups against?
0: I'm looking into it right now, but just to get a glimpse of how his season's going, 20% strikeout rate, which is... Not good, what the yeah,
1: that's um,
0: oh, you know what, uh, that's uh, based on 21 season as well, so it's a combination of the 2020 21 season. So, my bad, that's um, not what I wanted to do, but (laughs) let's go, Justice Sheffield. Let's see if I could find them here, Justice Sheffield, and I still can't find them. Go ahead, uh, give me something good about Justice Sheffield.
1: He has looked better and he's kind of figuring out more how to use this stuff to his advantage but he's still a guy that I'm not like, unless it's a great matchup, then I'm not going to go out of my way to start him just because he has two starts.
0: So here's the matchup, all right? Oh, hey, you know, sometimes quantity is more, but I I, I agree with your sentiment there, but some boners just want that quantity over quality. But here it is. He's at Baltimore on Monday, and he's uh, hosting the Houston Astros and Christian Javier on Sunday. What do you like about them apples?
1: Wait, it was a... Uh on Sheffield or Dean Kramer.
0: This is for Justice Sheffield. Oh. Justice Sheffield's facing Dean Kramer at Baltimore and Christian Javier uh oh, at, no, I'm, in
1: Seattle. And it's in Baltimore. Yeah, I'm I'm out on Sheffield if it's in Baltimore. If it was Baltimore at Seattle and then he got to play Houston, then it's still risky, but it's a maybe. But if it's in Baltimore, no thanks.
0: All right. A hard okay, pass. So- took him out of the list there so now we're down to the top 24 and let's find out who the 2021's said uh, uh what, what it looks like for 2021 nathan Ovaldi at the very top of the list that's more like it along with matthew boyd so uh, i mentioned Ovaldi is owned in 78 of leagues uh according to cbs sports and matthew boyd is surprisingly only owned in 67 of leagues and if you want i can tell you who they're facing this week uh, i already picked up Ovaldi, despite the fact that he's facing kenta maeda and Lucas Giolito, that's a murderer's role. But you know what? If he's looked as good as he's looked so far, I you kind of have to roll the dice, don't you, Sean? Yeah, you definitely do. And then, and we, Matthew,
1: we talk about uh, Matthew Boyd on Thursday. Uh, there's been a slight pitch mix change. Uh, he's avoiding the fastball, which got has just been destroyed the last two years, and he's focusing more on his uh, great breaking ball and uh, adding that change up and utilizing it more often, and it's worked out so far.
0: Yeah, and uh, his matchups are a little bit easier. Christian Javier uh, in Houston on Tuesday, and then at Oakland versus Chris Bassett, your ace for your Oakland Athletics. So, I I, I think I like Matthew Boyd a little bit more than Nathan Ovaldi at this point. I I'm, I didn't realize Ovaldi had a murderous rope, but like again, this I
1: I do like this one. He is owned in uh seventy two percent of leagues. But at? uh, Carlos Rodon. There it is. Uh yeah. in Chicago against Cleveland and at Fenway. Uh that's uh Fenway has some lefty boppers though. So that might make it a little bit tougher. But uh, uh, yeah, as long just, as JD Martinez is back because he just went on the IL okay. uh, after receiving the vaccine. I guess it uh was Ooh. messing him up a little bit. So that sucks. Um uh but Carlos Rodona is a guy that uh, keep an eye on, definitely for sure.
0: 76 own at CBS Tristan McKenzie and then Martin Perez. Yeah, that's a good one right there. Rodan, uh, for those wondering what he's been doing so far. Uh, let's see here. 40.9 percent strikeout rate, 95.4 mile per hour, four seam fastball, 81.1 exit velocity against uh, yeah. That's uh, that's just
1: huge. That the, the velocity is back up from the left side, like that is just absolutely huge for him.
0: Definitely, definitely, that definitely will play. I've also uh selfishly speaking here Sean I picked up Dane Dunning uh because he also has two starts so I'm hoping that he could just hold his own and get me some cheap points uh, in my points league Dane Dunning faces Tyler Glass now at Tampa Bay and then he's home
1: against Dean Kramer and the Orioles Um, it might be Joe Adele time for what uh Joe Adele time Dexter Fowler uh out for the year torn ACL okay what about Dane Dunning though uh Dane Dunning is a good I guess He plays for a
0: bad team. (laughs) He's not going to get a lot of wins. He's only had one start so far. So it's a sample size problem, but he has 33.3 strikeout rate, uh, 91.3 sinker fastball. Yeah. I I
1: just don't think he's a 30% strikeout guy.
0: No, I don't either, but I think
1: he's a good pitcher. I just don't think he's a 30% strikeout guy though. Yeah. That's uh, that has
0: fluke written all over him, but I like my chances against, that second matchup against the Orioles. So hopefully that's into something, despite the fact that the Orioles do have some boppers in that lineup, but we'll see if this will play It's again. It's a two-start pitcher. So I'll probably drop him as soon as uh, he gets his brains beaten in by the Rays. I guess. I don't know, <laughs> but uh yeah, either that or I start Julian Merriweather. Right. So, and I'm not liking that either. Uh, let's see who else is on this list.
1: Um, Casey Mize is in for a two-start week.
0: Thank you for that. Casey Both be- uh, at
1: Houston, which is risky. But yeah. at Oakland, Oakland has struggled. Uh, so, unless that, that could actually be a good 2 start matchup, I, I believe, for Casey Mize. What um, if I
0: tell you that he has to face Zach Granke and Frankie Montas in those two
1: starts? Frankie Montas has like an ERA of infinity so far. <laughs> what is your uh, car? What? <laughs> is <laughs> yeah, he a like, the, like the car? Like the car.
0: The Q30. Well, Casey Mize, 96 uh, 96 mile per hour fastball for Seamer, 89.6 exit velocity. So that definitely will play. Uh, Again, it's only one start and he only went four innings. So again, same thing with the Dane Dunning issue. But uh, like um, uh, Sean mentioned, that second start against Oakland might be all worth it uh also on the docket wade miley who's at the top of this list for some reason uh after only one start but it was a very strong start 28.6 strikeout rate not, uh, not a very good fastball but he has an velocity against of 78.8 miles an hour oh who is that wade miley of
1: the there's nothing that can get me excited about wade miley just stop okay <laughs> let me okay let me try to convince you here then He's only owned in
0: 33% of lease and C- according to CBS he has Aaron Sanchez a- in San Francisco uh on Monday and then he has to come back on Sunday to Cle- uh, to Cincinnati, Ohio and face Shane Bieber in that uh, derby nope. there. Nope, nope, you still, no, no, <laughs> nope. no. no wait,
1: Miley for me. All
0: right, what about Antonio Senzatella, who has two starts under his belt? They're crappy starts, but he he's up top of the WAR leaderboard right now. He 90- pitched an
1: absolute gem in his last start after the yeah. Dodgers absolutely throttled him in his first. And he is just like the most frustrating Colorado pitcher. That yeah. if he did, if he didn't pitch in Colorado, he'd probably be a solid pitcher. I mean, just like overall, because he's a pitch to contact. He never strikes anybody out. And he just, it was something stupid. And Like he went eight innings. I think he only gave up one or two runs and he got 14 ground ball outs. (laughs) And I think he had like three strikeouts. And I'm like, that is just insane.
0: He does possess a 94.4 mile per hour. So that's pretty healthy. He has Dustin May and Taiwan Walker on his schedule uh the one in, uh against the dodgers is in Colorado no nope. you still no no nope. <laughs> well, no nope. if you are for those who are desperate though and, and and believe in that ground ball uh tendency he's owned in only eight percent of leagues next on the docket is aaron sanchez who we talked about him on thursday do you want to know do you want to just say yes or no. Or you want to find out who he faces this week.
1: Yeah. Well, who's Aaron Sanchez going up against this All week? All right. If
0: I could spell correctly, I just spelled ass Sanchez. <laughs> uh let's see here. Where Ah, he's at the bottom of the of the ownership rate. He's only on the nine percent of uh, of leagues in CVS. Wade Miley and Pablo Lopez in Miami. That's not Oof. too bad.
1: That that isn't terrible in Miami. The- Compared okay, the other ones. What, what was the other one in Miami, and what else? Uh, he's at home against the Giants against Wade Miley, who we just mentioned. Okay, that's not. Eh. I mean, eh.
0: It's better than Wade Miley, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's the bottom of the docket here. Kyle Gibson, Rangers. Uh, he's looked good and bad, I guess. Twenty-eight point one percent strikeout rate, uh, but he still gets lit up. He faces the Tampa Bay Rays in Tampa and John means and Bal- uh at home against the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, again, Texas Rangers pitcher Kyle Gibson, yes or no?
1: Upper uh
0: top. no. Okay, let's skip him then. Trevor
1: Cahill's in for two starts, but I don't want to talk about him.
0: <laughs> well, you mention it. Let's go. 1% own and CBS <laughs> leagues. You Darvish and Brett Anderson on Saturday at Milwaukee. Yes or no?
1: And it's funny because you know that in one of those starts, he's probably going to throw a great game. I I'm would argue <laughs> probably against Milwaukee, but it, oh God, I, I don't want to like, that just seems like such a risky play.
0: Uh, is it riskier than uh, Nate Yovaldi going against two really good matchups over there?
1: Uh, I, I would pick Nate Uvalde just because how what he's been doing so far. And just
0: to remind folks, Nate Uvalde has Kenta Maeda and Lucas Giolito, and Trevor Cahill has you, Darvish, and Brett
1: Anderson. So, <laughs> hey, he's gonna go toe to toe with them with what you, Darvish. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you you got it. You're learning. You got <laughs> it.
0: Uh, it's a guy named Huascar Yonoa for the Braves. Uh, oh,
1: he is interesting. He is actually, uh, he was throwing what was it off 96 the, uh, miles per hour? Yeah, 96 from the left side. Um, a lot of people thought that Bryce Wilson really had the inside track to that job. Come on, but man. uh, Oscar Yanoa you came out and uh, really you looks know good. It. So, Pablo
0: uh, Lopez and Adver Alzale again uh, on Sunday against the Cubs. That looks like a decent matchup for this guy. Maybe I should drop whoever I have and just pick this guy up instead. That's here. not too bad. 10 only uh, ownership owned, so that's a good one. So yeah, that's a sneaky two start pitcher right. Huascar Yanoa of the Atlanta Braves, 23 years old only. What about Danny Duffy?
1: Uh, who is he playing?
0: Okay, sure. But do you like anything about Danny
1: Duffy? Whatsoever. I mean, you you the last time I said something good about Danny Duffy, you ripped me a new one, and that was like two years ago. Oh <laughs> uh, man, you're living in the past. But yeah, yeah he I really am. does he really does
0: suck though. Okay, here's this say <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> 20 percent ownership, but well, he does suck though. 20 percent ownership, right? But this is about matchups, though, right? So, here's the matchups Griffin Canning on Tuesday and Ross Stripling on uh against the Blue Jays on Sunday. So, they're Danny both...
1: Duffy lefty versus the Angels and lefty versus the and they're both uh home games for the Royals. So, uh, he gets I do like Danny Duffy and guys or guys like Danny Duffy and Mike Miner and Kaufman. Uh, you said angels and I can remember the other starting country. The Blue stripling. Jays, the Blue Jays. Oh, yeah. Hits, the Blue Jays look like a team that are going to absolutely murder lefties this year. So probably no. That's a no. Okay.
0: Uh, Martin Perez, another clone like Danny Duffy. Uh, I, 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 to me, they're the same guy. Yeah, but there's there's Mar- not
1: much separating them there.
0: So Martin Perez gets J A Happ and Carlos Rodon. No. Right. Okay. What about J.A. Hap? He has Martin Perez and Jose Quintana at Anaheim on Saturday. 36%
1: on. Uh, J.Hap against the Angels. No. J.Hap against whoever else. No. The Red Sox? No. Red Sox. Damn. Yeah. Both both those teams are just really hitting lefties well this year. So I'm okay. going to just have to
0: hold. I'm glad I talked to you about
1: it because I, I was really considering him. I, I mean, he isn't that he's more considerable than some of the others. But yeah. Um, yeah, just still right. sitting down on that.
0: Uh, Ryan Yarbrough for the Rays. You like him?
1: Yes, but he's off to a slow start, and depending on his matchups, he's risky. All right, let's find out who the matchups are.
0: Uh, Kyle Gibson is one. Kyle Gibson against the Rangers at home. Garrett right. Cole at
1: New York. Right. I want to say Yarbrough has like actually good numbers versus the Yankees just off the top of my head. I'm not 100% sure, but... Uh, That's a that's a tough one, because I do think he would be a great matchup in Texas. Um, So yeah, that I would actually, if I had him on my team, because I'm assuming he's available in most leagues or isn't available in most leagues. But if I had him on my team, I'm definitely starting him in a two week like that. You're talking about Ryan Yarbrough not yeah. being available?
0: Uh, let's see here. Yarbrough is owned in 72% of leagues. So, yeah, time's running out if you're interested in Yar- Yarbrough.
1: Yeah, he, he should be owned in almost every league. I think a lot of people sleep on him just because he doesn't get strikeouts, but he should be owned in most leagues.
0: Here's a bit of a wild card, and I don't know what to make of John Gantt. He has to face Steven Strasburg on Monday at home for the Cardinals. And he's on the road against the Phillies against Aaron Nola. So a couple of Oof. tough uh, on-paper matchups for John. On Gannon. the
1: road in Phillies, the thing that would hold me up on it. But yes. uh, at home against Washington, I probably would take that matchup. All right. So 50% mix there. Ooh, what? Tim LaCastro went four for four with a stolen base last night. Let's go. Oh, yeah. They were talking about. Uh, yeah. Corey Decker posted. He went 28 for 28. Uh, it's a new National League record. Also, oh, he yeah. did go with that. Yeah, All right, he so. broke Tim Raines' major league record for most consecutive uh, successful steals to begin a career. So we so. can
0: uh, take him off the list, uh, the Diamondbacks off the list, because uh, we're doing the 30 teams, 30 days thing.
1: MLB and for 30 for 30.
0: 30 for 30. Uh, where was I? Uh, Ross Stripling, uh, Jamison Tyone against the Yankees.
1: Uh, Jamison Tyone.
0: On, so that's oh, oh that,
1: that's not the question. You just want to know if Ross Stripling versus well, I, the Yankees I, is a good matchup? No. Uh, do you no. Like Ross? no, I, I don't like Stripling has, against the Yankees. And, and
0: then he has Danny Duffy at, at Kansas. That City. that's a
1: more palatable matchup, pitching in Kaufman.
0: But do you like Ross Stripling? Do you want to take a chance? I on think
1: Ross he's a good buy low candidate this year. I'm not really sure if I want to, you know, bet the farm on him. But okay, uh, can Will Smith this... stop being so damn good? Which one? The catcher? The, the, the catcher? Both. Yeah, rapper, he, he, had, he had another great game last night. One for two with a double, two, three walks. Oh my God. That's just. <laughs> and
0: then Austin Barnes will play tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Chase Anderson. Chase works with you. Uh, 15% strikeout rate. So not very good. Oh, but...
1: Austin has a, a, a good thought here. Go He's ahead. thinking of swapping Montas for Perez, Martin Perez. I would not do that. Or. Pablo Lopez. I would do that, but I would try and keep both. I wouldn't straight up drop Frankie Montas, yeah. but definitely Pablo Lopez if he's available in your league, get him now. Especially if you have Frankie Montas who is struggling. Uh speaking of, who are Montas's next starts against? Cuz his stuff has looked actually not terrible. He's just absolutely lost it in some well, of the he, games. He definitely has Casey Mize
0: on on Saturday. Uh, Next Saturday. Yeah. So
1: in his most recent start, Frankie only he went six innings and only gave up a run, Uh, only had five strikeouts. Uh, And he's got Detroit at Oakland and in Baltimore for his next two starts over the next two weeks. But, uh, yeah, definitely do not drop Frankie Monzas, but do add Pablo Lopez. Just try and find a better or a worse starting pitcher to drop.
0: And um, Pablo Lopez, uh, 93% owned. Yeah, <laughs> so, Pablo
1: Lopez should be. I, I, I'm sure he has, when he says swapping out, he's probably just talking about um, the, his in in lineup. the lineup. But well, Frankie Montas' next start is a very favorable matchup, so I would uh, keep him in especially and coming off a strong start, six innings, you it was a quality start. So uh, we'll give him that.
0: And Lopez is a must start this week. Anyway, oh, again, again, we mentioned, you, you know, of the Braves, but we might, we kind of like him, but Lopez also has Aaron Sanchez on uh, Sunday. Is, is he well. pitching
1: in San Francisco?
0: No, it, it's but in Miami. At, in Miami. Yeah. yeah. Even better. <laughs> All right. A couple more for you. Uh, Chase Anderson uh, for the Phillies. He has David Peterson uh, at New York. Wow. Dan- Pablo
1: Lopez is a free agent in his league. Get him now. Get, Get him, him as fast you, as you can. Why are you even asking us? Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, all right. So David Petter, Peterson at New York and then Daniel Ponce de Leon uh, at home against St. Louis, Chase Anderson.
1: Uh, I would pick David. Who's the matchup for Peterson? It's going to uh, be
0: Philly. Uh, I'm glad you asked. So David, conversely, David Peterson, who's owning in 34% of leagues, Chase Anderson at home, and then he has to go to Colorado against Herman Marquez.
1: Yeah. I don't want David Peterson in Colorado. But David Peterson pitched much better, I think, than his end of the game line looked like. Uh, he struggled in the first, gave up a home run to Alec Boehm, who is off to a solid start. Let's yeah. go. But um he settled in ret- with the next three or four innings. Uh Jacob made a funny comment in the game thread over at baseball life. He said, okay. I thought this was gonna be a Stephen Matz start. Uh, you know, because Steven Matz was always so terrible in the first inning. Um, it was like 40 pitches, four runs already. And he said, but it ended up just being a Zach Wheeler start, who Wheeler himself was notorious for. He'd give up runs in the first inning, and then he would lock him down for four innings, and then he'd go out for the end of the fifth or the sixth, and he'd give up another two or three runs, which is exactly what happened with David Peterson. But um, he just he looked to be overthrowing, you know, as his first uh, start of the year but the stuff that made him great in 2020 was Mm -hmm. still there. So uh, I would actually take Peterson against Philadelphia this week, but definitely I'd be a little worried about the Colorado matchup.
0: Okay, so David Peterson or Chase Anderson, uh if you have to pick one and you're oh desperate. David
1: Pe- uh, David Peterson. Really, even it. even against
0: Colorado at Colorado?
1: <gasps> Colorado's been really bad, even at home. So yeah. Okay. Uh, but, nah, but what if it, Ryan... it's a it's a tough one. It's a gamble, but... but
0: what if Ryan McMahon hits another three home runs and Gary Hampson three, steals three bases? Then what? Again, then against bad. a le- against a lefty though?
1: Sure, why not? Hey, David Peterson has a pretty good uh move over the first. He he can hold uh Hampson at first base. <laughs> That's a good move. He's a, he's first. he's a lefty, he's a lefty. Uh,
0: and Chase Anderson's not that good, anyway.
1: So, yeah, Chase Anderson's uh, bad. I, would, <laughs> I, I would just say that Chase Anderson is bad.
0: Let's see if we can uh, finish off this list. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, uh, ugh, he has two starts. Do you believe him? Do you still believe in Madison Bumgarner? Uh, uh and to make you th- make your life easier, uh, Chris Bassett on Monday, and then to be determined on Sunday. So to be determined has a nasty slider.
1: For yeah, the Washington, to be determined has a nasty slider uh, is, it, is it Madison Bumgarner in Oakland?
0: No, it's uh Madison Bumgarner in Arizona, and then oh. at Washington for the second start against to be determined.
1: Yeah, probably not. I I'd, I'd pass. Okay. I'd I'd fold.
0: <laughs> uh, Dean Kramer, who it could be a thing, could not be a thing. Uh, I we mentioned him already, but he's at the bottom of this list. But let's find out. Justice Sheffield at home in Baltimore, and then at the Texas Rangers against Dane Dunning, who I'm already starting. Dane Dunning. But Dean Kramer is he worth some shares this week?
1: Uh, probably not. Okay. Uh, he's got to he's got to show me more. Show me more.
0: Show um, me the money. Let's see. Ninety two point four mile per hour fastball doesn't impress you? Nope. <laughs> what about his ninety six point nine exit velocity? That doesn't impress you? Nope. Brady. <laughs> okay, so here's a favorite of yours. Uh, Brady Singer only has one start under his belt, but he has two starts coming up next week. So you're gonna get all Brady Singer all the time. Um, do you like him? Uh, and let me just pull up. Let me tell you who he's facing. Dylan Bundy on Monday and Hyunjin Ryu on Saturday against the Blue Jays. Uh, they're both home games in Kansas City.
1: Uh, I'd probably pass on Singer right yeah. now. Yeah. I just I, I need to see more. So it's, I don't know, the sinker slider is kind of boring. The changeup, uh, he only, he didn't throw it as much. He's throwing it more this year than he did last year. But the slider has gotten hit hard early so far this year, and that's supposed to be his best pitch. So we have
0: two more pitchers Sean, and we can book this one in. As we've given you all we can give you this week, and then the past week, we, well, let's see, we, let's kind of we then six episodes in the last two weeks, right? Is my Ooh. numbers. That's a lot. That's a lot for us. We only go uh once a week, but you know, this is a busy time of year for us. That's why we don't take any breaks because we have so much to cover. But let's get going. Let's finish off strong. We're in the eighth inning, so to speak. Chad cool got two starts oh, as well. No. Oh, Blake no. Snell and at Freddie Peralta in Milwaukee on Sunday next. What, Sunday. what, what was the first one? Blake Snell in, uh at home against the Padres in Pittsburgh.
1: Uh yeah, I'm not sure I want to see Chad Cool go up against that Padres lineup. <laughs>
0: and finally, 26 year old Advert Alzale. Um,
1: is he getting two starts? I thought I only saw one.
0: Well, he got. He was listed here, but let me double check if I could spell his name correctly. There Ooh, he is.
1: Chad Cool is in the 91st percentile in whiff rate so far this year, though. Does that change your mind against Blake Snell? No. <laughs>
0: And Freddie Peralta. Okay. Uh, so, Adver alzale, uh 29% ownership rate at CVS. He gets Freddie Peralta on Monday in Milwaukee. Uh, and then Huascar Yanoa uh, on Sunday. What say you? Nah, I'm not, I,
1: I don't want alzale against those two teams. Granted, uh, now that I've pulled up Chad Cool on baseball savant, Uh-oh. I guess this will just be an interesting little thing. Uh-oh. But we have a slight pitch mix change. Uh, in 2020 he threw his sinker 42% of the time and his slider uh 34 and a half the curveball 18% and a changeup that he very rarely threw um, and that slider did really good in 2020 uh, held had a 241 woba against a 40% whiff rate and what does he do so far in his i think he's only had one or two games two games two starts yeah. um He's thrown it 44% of the time, more than his sinker at 36% of the time. And his slider again, 0. 0.91 batting average against a 238 woba against, in a 45% whiff rate. So uh, that's interesting. He doesn't have a very good sinker, so he's not throwing it. And he's going to that slider, which is his best pitch. And as we've seen before, uh, when a pitcher goes to their best pitch and throws it most often, then good things usually happen. So, uh, so, so maybe
0: finally we get a, a a good Pittsburgh Pirates uh, feel good story where uh, yeah.
1: But the thing with him is his uh, walk percentage is so damn low. He just throws everything out of the zone, just looking at his heat maps. So maybe there's uh, not as much fun to it. But you know, <laughs> you got All to look right. at the silver linings for Pittsburgh. Quick, a uh, couple of questions for you.
0: Uh, just yes or no. Uh, are you how concerned are you about Fernando Tatis? Uh, it looks like he's gonna ditch surgery, but <laughs> yeah, uh... they're
1: gonna try and avoid the surgery, which is what I anticipated because they have all this money tied up in Darvish and Snell over the next like this year, or the next two years. So they want to win in those two years or these three years. But if they were smart, they would just say, "Go get your surgery." Yeah. But I worry that they're going to avoid the surgery. He's going to come back, maybe play for a month, and then he's going to be screwed. He's, he's going to get hurt again. And just this isn't one of those things that just goes away. It, it, it isn't. And yeah. he was dealing with it in spring training. Uh, he missed a couple of games early in spring training because he was complaining of, of shoulder soreness when he swung. And then he goes and he throws oh it out God. completely. And they're like, oh, we'll just pop it back in. And he's like, oh, I'm fine. I can play the next day. Ooh. Michael Conforto wanted to play the next day, too. Yeah. He said he could have. And yeah. they're like, "What? Well, you have this damage and it's not going to go away. Uh, so um, I don't know. I wouldn't really I wouldn't drop Tatis in a redraft league yet. I, I'd hold on to him and see how long. Because, hey, maybe if you even get another month of semi good production out of him, it helps you. And you kind of kick the can down the road, yeah. but I would definitely be adding Hey Song Kim and looking for a replacement.
0: Yeah, because uh, that was some follow up question uh, since we're talking about it. But before we go move on to the follow up question, I, I this one came up. Okay, so you say don't drop the T's in a redraft league. What are his, what are what does this do for his prospects in like year and uh, keeper in dynasty? Or, oh, it's, in uh, dynasty leagues, yeah,
1: it's one of those. He's so young that mm-hmm. I wouldn't be terribly worried about it. But well, it's well, one of
0: those. How about this? How about this, Sean? He already had that back issue, which was supposed yeah. to be concerning, and he's he's just been with the shoulder injury. Now it looks like he's kind of injury riddled already at a young age. He's Carlos
1: Correa. Oh boy, you're uh... gonna do that to me! <laughs> wow. And that, no, the, other... uh, the the back what? would still worry me more long term, because uh, the good you know comparison that we've used so far with uh, Tatisa's Conforto. shoulder is Conforto. And Conforto was in the middle of that great 2017. And then he did the same exact thing. He swung, crumpled to the ground. Uh, he came back in 2018 uh, earlier than they anticipated. And he struggled. Yeah. And then in yeah. the second half of 2018, he turned it back on again. It was a delayed period where the power just wasn't there as he was working the strength back up. That was very uh, uh, yeah, really frustrating. It's, yeah, it, it is. And then he came back in 2019 and he had 30-plus home runs uh in 2020 he was great again so it's yeah. one of those he's gonna get better from it but it's gonna be it's gonna be time it's a, probably yeah. about 16 18 months
0: and that's what i told him too like just it's kind of it, it's a long recovery from those shoulder i mean it's hand shoulder injuries for hitters is always it's just as bad as pitchers
1: the wrist the thumb <laughs> and the toes, random knees
0: and toes, toes. <laughs> and uh, uh So he said, he asked me, my friend asked me, so can I drop Kim then? Because he's not been good. I'm like, well, if you could find better. But, I mean, that's a long-term play. And with Tatis's uh, shoulder injury, you might want to keep him around as a handcuff. But you obviously like Kim as well, so you probably keep Kim on your bench if you can, right? Yeah.
1: If I have Tatis in any league, I am adding Kim right now before anybody else has a chance to. Yeah. I mean, because his... uh, batting numbers and peripherals just looking at the early returns so far uh seen about 100 pitches 16 batted ball events on uh baseball savant the average exit velo isn't anything great uh the max exit velo is nice at 108 and a half so that kind of grades out as somewhat plus power uh 94th percentile in sprint speed so we might have some stolen bases coming our way that would be really nice um and he had a home run last night oh did he have a home run nice
0: first first of his career
1: so, yeah, in a three out of four walk to strikeout ratio, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be adding him if I have Tatis, or even if I don't have Tatis, honestly. But I would hope that if I didn't have Tatis, I would have a shortstop that's probably a more sure thing than song Kim.
0: Good stuff, man. Uh, we got a lot in a very efficient one hour. Unless there's something you want to discuss, we can call it a, a, a show. I know you're sick. Okay, I'm all cool. good.
1: I, I am. You You have worn me out. Good. I, you, I, you, you put me on the carousel and I, I just went spinning, 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 spinning. I think about you every now and then.
0: <laughs> Thoughts of me on a hurl again. Don't no, Blink-182, anybody? No. There you go. No? Okay. All right. Well, who who I, do
1: you think you are? Eno Saris doing a solo in the middle of a podcast? Oh, yeah, he does do that. He though. does do that every now and then.
0: Well, I think every anytime, anytime anybody mentions the song um, uh, "Carousel," just in general, I do think about the Blink One Eighty Two song right away. And you know what it is, Sean? It becomes that thing with uh, you know, remember Cartman from South Park? Yes. And anytime anybody would go, "I'm sailing away," and then Cartman (laughs) would have to sing "Styx's
1: Yeah, uh, Come
0: Sail Away, Can't Sail Away, Can't Sail Away, Can't Sail Away." away,
1: So yeah. Hey, I was watching a TikTok and this, uh, it was a a Hispanic uh, teenager and he said that his grandmother came home or his mother had taken their, I don't, I'm not sure if it was younger sibling or a grandchild or something like that. And his mom said, yeah, I took him to the, in Spanish, of course, I took him to the mall and, you know, we had a lot of fun. I let him ride the horse tornado and he said, the what? (laughs) And she said, oh, the horse tornado. And she was trying to say the carousel. (laughs) (laughs) and he said just imagine if somebody came up to you and said in spanish uh oh god i can't remember what tornado is in spanish but it was like oh caballos tornadoes (laughs) he said that's that's scary (laughs) honestly i don't even know how to say
0: tornado in spanish i just say oh i've been on tornado Tornado." yeah i
1: I think that's what it is but uh she called the the little carousel at the mall the horse tornado so (laughs) when, when, when i saw clothes or carousel and i first said that i said i gotta get this into the pod somehow Well, how big of a
0: song is Carousel for Blink 182? It has its own Wikipedia entry. So interesting. Yeah. It's one of their uh, from their indie days and. Uh, before they became big, and it has its own Wikipedia. I would have never would have thought that, but catchy song, at least in my viewpoint. Okay, for Sean, I am Felipe. Uh, be sure to check out the rest of the shows. You mentioned Corey Richmond on this uh, on the chat earlier today. Uh, he's uh, busy as a bee right now, as there's like a million wrestling shows to go through for this poor guy. As uh, when WrestleMania comes to town. Every wrestling promotion comes to town as well. So uh, I, I don't know. You'll like this, Sean, a little bit of a baseball tie-in. I, I thought I saw that because they have it in Tampa Bay uh, in that where the Buccaneers play.
1: Yeah. Uh, Raymond uh, James Stadium.
0: Yeah. Well, WrestleMania wasn't a rain delay. <laughs> I thought I would never <laughs> see the day where I would hear that. So it makes me giggle. Uh, 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 but yeah. So, well, did
1: you tell me they can't fake wrestle in the rain?
0: I guess not. No, oh, they need the perfect conditions for hey, all their then, Hey, they would
1: have been, hey, it would have looked even better with like the slick skin. Like that, that oh, sells. That you. sells, man.
0: Look at you. I would have loved to have seen a Vince McMahon. You're going to wrestle <laughs> in a rain and hell match. Rain and hell cell match. Uh, uh, <laughs> at Raymond James Stadium. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh what's the other shows we, we, there's our show uh we, we're on sunday morning dong um, city tomorrow night i believe dong city tomorrow night with henry and vince uh the audible on tuesday nights they are going through draft the draft process as we're getting closer to the nfl draft. you're gonna watch the nfl draft there sean
1: uh probably a little bit Pro- the first probably. few picks
0: yeah yeah Who's, you have an nfl
1: team i forget not not really not necessarily i follow the rutgers problem. guys sadly the Rutgers got guy. any yeah. guys from Rutgers getting drafted in this one. Uh, this year, at? I don't believe so. There might be an offensive or defensive lineman, but a lot of them are using that. Uh, um, the extra year of eligibility that they, the NCAA granted. You went like
0: this with the twirling with the finger. Uh, like, I, I was trying car- to think of it. I thought you were going to say the carousel. No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, they're using that extra year of eligibility. And uh, they, they did better than a lot of people expected last year. So a lot of the seniors, they want to go out on a, an actual high note. Wait, and wait, hey, don't look now, but Rutgers has the sixth best recruiting class in the country.
0: Oh, my God. Sean, are you telling me that Rutgers will win the Big Ten championship in 2021 over Ohio State or something like that? Uh, no, don't
1: don't don't, 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 don't put know. me on that.
0: Don't put me on that yet. I don't know. That's hey, they, they
1: just got like the number three dual threat quarterback in the country. So it's kind of exciting.
0: You say they, they, haven't, they haven't had a
1: quarterback in like six years.
0: You said don't put me on that, but you keep you keep commending them for all this stuff that they're doing. All the seniors are coming hey, back. Hey, Marciano
1: can recruit the hell out of some kids. <laughs> all
0: right, what's the other shows? Uh, oh, the the uh, the step back. I think they're now on Friday nights, which is really messing me up in the head. Uh, but yeah, they just uh, their latest episode is available on Spotify and Stitcher and TikTok, not TikTok. Sorry, <laughs> uh, TikTok. Uh, Apple. I should say. So uh, yeah, we're nearing the end, uh, especially for fantasy basketball. Uh, I think our playoffs start tomorrow. So and your boy, you're looking at the number one seed, I think you're the number one seed in the land. So I am going to have home court advantage throughout the playoffs if my uh, if my figures are correct, unless Leon has something to say about things uh, this <laughs> upcoming week, because it's been it's been me and him this whole time. So um. also our, our Fat tracks league, Sean, you'll notice the top three guys as of right now with the standings, unless uh, you know, not not including the stuff that might happen come Monday morning. But the top three guys happen to be the fantasy experts. You, me, and Mario Margola, who writes for Fantasy Pros and has his own uh, fantasy website as well. So it's not a coincidence. We know what we're talking about until... uh,
1: (laughs) Until we lose, and then uh, we we just... Oh, you know, (laughs)
0: it's just bad luck. It's a good process, poor results. All right, that's a good
1: place to stop. Hey, that's Jeff McNeil so far this year. You know, Jeff McNeil is the only batter in baseball with a zero BABIP so far. And he has, like, an average exit meal of, like, 93
0: Does he really have a zero BABIP?
1: He has a zero BABIP because he has one hit and it was that game-tying home run on Thursday. Well,
0: at least it it makes it count, right? I mean, you know how I like my slappy hitters hitting home runs. (laughs) So slapping them to left field on a line. Fuck it. Oh, sorry. Uh, All right, so for Sean, I am Felipe. Let's go get some food, Sean. We will see you next time. Have a good one, everybody.